Chandler Duhame. Um, they have the opportunity to be on staff with crew and impact students at the University of New Hampshire, right down the road from here. So Abby, why don't you come on up and get us started? <laughs> All right, that should be good to go. All right, so why don't you scoot over and I'll stand next to you. All right, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your current role with Young Life. All right, well, good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Currently, I am working with Dover Young Life, Dover on the Seacoast, so right here as a volunteer leader. I am also working at a Young Life camp in New York on the weekends, every couple weekends, working with Catholic students and middle school students to help spread the gospel love through actions, coordinating events down in Young Life Camp, Lake Champion, New York, so about five hours away. Um, I've been, let's see, I've been part of Young Life for almost six years. I started attending as a freshman, then I just kinda never left. They couldn't get rid of me. I graduated high school, I kept just attending things over the summer, like maybe I'm interested in leading, maybe not. I'm not really sure where God is calling me. I talked to the area directors, uh, Tom S. Quinn, who talked here a couple weeks ago, and Andrew Vogan, and they're like, yes, we want you to stay, we don't want you to leave. So I've been part of their volunteer team ever since. And you have a very cool opportunity this summer, so why don't you share about that? So I have the chance this summer to go to Cairnbrae, Scotland for four months to work at the Young Life Camp there. It's Young Life camps are all over the world. Currently, right now, International has a Scotland camp and one stationed in Hungary, like Budapest area. Um, I interviewed in February. I wasn't, my hopes weren't that high on getting this job, but I interviewed. Turns out the guy I interviewed with went to UNH. It was a very, very small world connection, but they hired me to be the full-time waterfront intern head of interns for the entire summer. So I will be going over there in about a month and I'll come in back home in August. And there I'll have a chance to lifeguard, practice safe, safe water safety, because you know, teenagers are a little, a little crazy. But I'll also have a chance to mentor college and high school students that will be lifeguarding with me and teaching them how they can be part of their community in the sharing the gospel to back home to other college students, to people around work, as well as working with other students that they might volunteer with. So that's really the mission that we'll be doing is preparing and equipping college Young Life students to go out and further the gospel message. That is a really cool opportunity, Abby. Um, very, very excited. How can we be praying for you? How can we be supporting you as you go? So right now, Young Life International is still pretty young. They're still pretty under, underfunded. So this is going to be a missions trip. I'll be working for four months, not being paid or on a salary. So the two biggest things that I need prayer for is fundraising to co cover travel expenses and any expenses while I'm there. Three, sorry, I said two. So one would be fundraising. The second one would be working with UK government on obtaining a visa. I have to get um, 
volunteer visa to work over there. Currently, right now, it is being delayed. So prayers for the speedy process of that, and that there will no be bumps, no more bumps in that process. And then the third is for trusting God. This is a huge, huge opportunity. It takes a lot of movement and encouragement from you guys, from the support going over there, because currently, right now, about 10% of Scotland's population knows Christ, and it's they're very, they're not very opening towards having Christians preaching about the gospel in their community. So prayers that hearts would be opened over there and that they were willing to trust us as we minister towards their students. Wow, I did not realize that about Scotland. It's a, it's a crazy small amount <laughs> That's for wonderful. being such an established community already. Yeah. And you have a GoFundMe I do. link and a QR code that people can use to support you. Yep. So we'll put that in the newsletter this week as well because I know you're on a tight timeline for that. Yes, I have about five weeks until my plane heads to Scotland. So okay. timing is everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I will pray for you right now. I'm going to turn this off. Um, and we'll start our prayers and support for you right now. Father, thank you so much for... Abby for her willingness to put her yes on the table to helping on a regular basis in Young Life. Thank you for the um, opportunity she has to share your love, to meet with students, to tell them that there is something bigger out there for them, God. Uh, we pray that you'll bless her ministry here in Dover um, and the students that she impacts on a regular basis. And God, we pray for this opportunity she has to go to Scotland. Uh, we pray um, blessing over that time that she will have eyes open to see opportunities to share the gospel, to share your love, to share your message of truth and hope. God, we pray for this quick fundraising that she needs to do. We pray blessing over that, that you will provide everything she needs, God, and that she will just rest knowing um, that you are her provider and that um, she can focus on sharing your love. Um, God, we thank you once again for this opportunity that you have put before her. We pray that we can support her and bless her well in this. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Allie and Chandler Duhame, why don't you guys come on up? This will be a little bit longer, so we have seats. Thank you guys so much for offering to come up here and share your stories with us. Um, so why don't you just start by sharing a little bit about yourselves and how you came to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah, hi everybody. Um, I'm Allie and this is my husband Chandler. We've been married for almost two years and we've been a part of Be Free since we were students at UNH um, a little while ago. And so yeah, we're excited to share our stories with you today and um, thankful to be a part of this church family. Um, so my story really starts, um, I feel like really comes to a peak during my sophomore year um, of U school at UNH. Um, so we both were students at UNH. And growing up, I think I really strove for perfection and control in my life in a lot of different areas. And, um, and I think I did an okay job at it. On paper, my life seemed pretty perfect. and. Um, in school, I studied art, and I had the opportunity to study abroad in Italy during my sophomore year. 
And it was at that point where I was in this beautiful place and everyone was like, this is gonna be the best time of your life. Um, and yeah, it was great, but something was missing and I just didn't really feel, feel happy or fully satisfied and I didn't know why. Um, and I would just lay in bed at night during that, that semester abroad and um, I remember like going through the different categories in my head of things that the world tells us that satisfy us where life is found, like, um, you know, good grades, our health, uh, friendships, relationship, loving family, and I was like, check, 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 everything, you know, seemed okay, and I was like, I don't know why I feel this way. Um, and about a month later, I ended up going through a breakup with this guy I was dating, and God really used that in my life to, um, I think just like remove the veil of everything was perfect and I realized like the things that I was trusting in were um, temporary and not where true life is found. And um, yeah, at that point, um, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, but when I was in high school, um, a family friend invited us to a church and that was the first time that I heard um, the gospel and my mom actually started following Jesus when I was in high school, with, which at the time was really annoying to me because I was living my life how I wanted. And um, But when I came to this kind of crossroads in college, my mom really encouraged me to come back to church. And um, I was like, okay, I've tried everything else, mom, sure. Um, and so, yeah, I started listening to the church services online when I was abroad and then came back to church over the summer. And, um, yeah, I think I started to realize that I was trusting in myself and my own perfection and that I was like failing myself, that I needed somebody to save me and saw that Christ, you know, came to earth, lived a life that was perfect, fully, as fully human and fully God and that, um, yeah, he did what I couldn't do and he died for me and rose again so that I could be forgiven and that I could have life in him, and um, so, yeah, by God's grace, I was like, okay, I will turn for myself and start following Jesus, and I still, like, didn't really know what that meant fully, and I came back to UNH for my junior year and was like, um, okay, so what now? I was, you know, reading my Bible, I'm like, I think you're supposed to do this, and then closing it, going to frat parties with my friends, and, you know, yeah, it came to the point where I was like, I feel like I need other people to, like, help me with this, and I didn't know that community is a thing you need in the Christian life, but I was like, I just need other people, and that's not my mom an hour away, and um, I ended up just, like, looking up online if there's any Christian clubs, and I found Crew at UNH, um, and went to one of their weekly meetings, and just saw, you know, all of these college students who loved Jesus, and um, that I could ask questions with, that got lunch with me, and I could join Bible studies, and um, really, yeah, through that ministry on campus really grew a lot in my faith and, um, yeah, just learned more about God's heart for me and how to study scripture, how to share my faith, things like that. Um, and, yeah, one more thing that I think was a pivotal moment um, after coming to faith was um, going on a summer mission to Yellowstone National Park with crew, and that's also where I met Chandler, which was fun. Um, <laughs> And yeah, just hearing about like what Abby shared, the opportunity that college students have to really be equipped and bring that back to campus. I really experienced that. Um, and after coming back to campus for my senior year, 
I just loved being involved in, um, yeah, in like doing ministry on campus and, and sharing my faith with students and, um, yeah, decided to intern with Crew and we'll share more about that after, but that's my story. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll share my story now. Um, so let's go back to when I was growing up. My parents were taking me to uh, Catholic church, and I was attending Sunday school. And that was that was going for a while up till my, my sixth grade, and um, and then we stopped going, and um, especially because of family dynamics that were happening in my family. Uh, we just stopped attending church, and that was definitely a moment where I, where I ceased to have conversations about God or have any of those kind of spiritual, yeah, um, conversations. And so sixth grade, and then going into my middle school years, um, my parents, such a blessing to me that they raised me in... Uh, wanting to give me instruction for life and teaching me some do's and don'ts in life and uh, knowing to correct me when it's, n knowing that they needed to correct me and that was just such a blessing. And um, so I had this sense of like mora moral views and that was helpful but I'm, where I'm going with this is in my middle school years, I, I started using a standard of do's and don'ts to start judging other people around me saying, oh, they're below this standard, so they're bad people. And then um, for me, I, I, I would adjust that standard so I didn't feel under it, you know? If, if, if uh, the good standard was here, uh, if I, no, if I was here, I'd put the good standard just a little below it, so I'd pass, you know? Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of how I was living my life. Through, through those years, and then getting into college, I, I, I think I was still seeking after what was life all about, and how could I find um, fulfillment and satisfaction, and so um, my sophomore year of college, um, yeah, um, I started to n notice I needed to turn to other things because I wasn't finding life where I was trying to find it. And that led to um, a desire to turn to um, drugs, specifically marijuana or other things like that. And um, um, and <laughs> right right before I went home to Connecticut from UNH, a friend of mine invited me to a crew meeting actually, <laughs> and. I told him I wasn't religious and I wasn't really interested, and but it kind of you know had that happened, and then I went home and had uh, uh, encounters. Well, so I started having trying drugs, and during that time of experiencing those things, I started getting a lot of convictions about my life and feeling guilty for the ways I've judged other people, and I used to judge people about doing drugs, and then there was me just doing drugs in that similar way. I was judging other people, and that brought a lot of conviction. And um, in a sense that, while I feel wrong against God, and I feel guilty and, 
and in strong ways condemned before him. Um, so that started happening. And um, uh, <laughs> fast forward a little bit, um, that, that feeling never really left. And there was one night, it was, that feeling was just overwhelming of the guilt, the shame. And <laughs> about midnight, I wake up and I run over to my grandma's house and ring the doorbell and wake her up at midnight. And um, we're, we're, she lets me in and we're sitting at the kitchen table and I'm confessing to her all these sins that are on my mind, all these things that I'm doing wrong. And I just, I'm just trying to escape this, this fear and this condemnation that's pressing down on me, you know. And so I'm mentally breaking down. She calls my parents. Everyone shows up. It's pretty chaotic. And um, my friends are there. My girlfriend at the time was there. It's just ugh, a lot. And um, so I kind of, they, they, they call um, response people, like firefighters. They come, and they get me um, restrained, yeah, and, and sedated. And I get sent to the hospital. I wake up in the hospital. Um, I'm cuffed to a hospital bed, like feet and wrists. And I'm a little freaking out at this point. But I knew two things. Really, these two things were just echoing my mind. I need God. I need his help. And there's a spiritual battle going on. And I want to get the furthest away I can from whatever evil is in my life. And I need God. It was just so clear. And so um, I'm still mentally having difficulties there and breaking down and screaming at people about, get away from me, whatever. Okay. Um, and uh, I just knew I needed God, and so I asked the nurse for a Bible and things like that. Eventually, they, seen, they saw that was calm enough, and so they let my parents come, and they brought me a Bible from one of the people at the local church, and they had a, like a paper in it with a few Bible references. And one of the Bible references was, Psalm 121, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. And, man, reading those scriptures, it was like one of the first times I was like, this promise is for me, and I need this. And, um, yeah, it was just a good moment. And so I'm recovering from there for a day, and then I have to go to a Salem hospital, and then... I'm there for a day making sure that I'm not a harm to society, get cleared, sent out. And then I'm with my family for a week, just recovering, processing these things. But they're like, you're in school at college. And if, you know, lovingly, they're like, if you don't go back, you're going to lose all your credits for the semester. So, and I was, in, I, was in a, I was in a space where I, I was able to get back to college. So that's what I did. I got back to college. I'm like, where's that friend who invited me to crew and was trying to talk to me about God? I got to connect with him. So. I started asking questions w with them and get connected with crew. And, and then I started meeting up with an intern who was in crew, um, Isaac Peacock, who actually was going to be free here um, while he was around here. And we started reading through John and talking about Jesus. And things started to make sense for me, the Christian faith, um, like what Ali was saying, Jesus being God and what he did for me. And, and I think... I also started to understand there's this need to surrender to God and give him my life and, and recognize I can't earn my way to God. I need to just receive this gift of salvation. I can't, there's no doing all the tasks that's going to get me there. And that was a freeing moment in my college life. And just being a part of crew and, and seeing the ways it blessed me and um, Bible studies and, 
and other guys coming alongside me and helping me through that process through that. Um, yeah, so that's my story. Uh, I'm not gonna try and ramble too much more, so. Guys, thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable and just being open and sharing how God worked in your life. It's really neat to hear a similarity in your stories is that you knew, before you had that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you knew there was more. Like you're laying in bed, Allie, making a list of all the things that are good in your life, everything that you're doing right, and yet that was not satisfying. There was something more that you needed to connect with. And then Chandler, you knew there was a spiritual world out there. You immediately knew when things had gone wrong that there was something bigger for you, something more out there. Your heart needed to connect with what you said. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Your hearts were not satisfied mm -hmm. until they connected with their maker. And so those were really powerful stories. So crew is clearly an important part of each of your stories. How did you know that God was calling you into full-time ministry with crew? Yeah, I think that um, there's a few different things that really made it clear to us. I think one was just our personal experiences of remembering what it was like to not know Christ as a college student and um, how much Jesus really transformed our life. And um, yeah, and I think also just seeing, um, yeah, so many students were in the same place that we were at and having a, a desire to want to come alongside them and um, yeah, just I think God placing that, that burden on our hearts. Um. Yeah, so while we were in crew, we had some loving people that would come alongside us and help us grow in our faith, and they're helping us process how we were going to live for God um, even after graduating college, and, and just them inviting us into the opportunity to work with crew and that yeah inv inviting us into that role to bless other students and and love and serve them and then also i think a part of knowing to commit to working with crew was spending some time praying and and, and just continue to talk with people that we look up to and trusted you know um, anything else i think also just seeing the need um I feel like through God's word, just seeing that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. And um, yeah, there's 12,000 students at UNH and um, a lot of international students at UNH and just seeing the opportunity to reach um, people from all over the world and the way that people's time in college really affects the rest of their life. I think that really vision really captivated us. It's like a full circle moment for you guys where you were so impacted by people from crew. And now you're impacting those people that are in the same place that you were in college, searching for more, searching for your maker. Now you get to share the love of Jesus with them, which is really awesome. So after nine months of ministry partner development, you guys are fully funded. Woo. <laughs> which means that you are able to be full-time on campus at UNH. So what are your specific roles on campus? And maybe one of you could share a specific story about how you're seeing God work on campus at UNH. Yeah, so crew, we have three focuses that really frame what we're doing on campus. The first is introducing students to Christ and then helping them grow in their faith and then sending them to live lives on mission now and, and after college. And um, yeah, some of my um, main roles on campus is coming alongside the women's community and discipling um, 
girls one-on-one, -on -one, which is one of my favorite things to do. I just love, yeah, pouring into girls' lives and being a part of them as they walk, being a part of their lives as they walk with Christ. Um, another thing that I do is work with uh, the student, our student leadership team, the servant team, which helps to create a Christ-centered community um, on campus. And um, I also love doing like organizational planning type things. And so excited to, yeah, plan things like our fall getaway or weekly meetings and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, similarly to Allie, I meet up with Christian guys on campus and help them um, think about their walks with the Lord and, and come alongside them, encourage them, um, even point them to resources. And a large part of my role is um, evangelism on campus or sharing our faith on campus. And that's been a joy for me, facilitating a couple key student leaders and thinking about how to do that well and things like that um, and some administrative things and whatnot. But I'll share a story uh, that happened recently. I was walking back from a crew event, a crew event uh, to my car parking lot and I walked by this student and I was like, oh, you know, um, I really want to love this person and I don't know, I was thinking about God and things like that. I walked past them and I, my thought came to mind, should I share the gospel with this person? Is kind of basically what happened. And I just stood there, I'm like, well, yeah, I think I should, you know, do that. So I, I had a resource, a crew resource, a little packet. And I didn't really want to share it with him. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to him, but I knew that's the right thing I had to do. So I walked up to him and said, hey, can I give this to you? My plan was give it to him, walk away, and my hands are clean. He's like, what's, what's that about? What, what does it say? I'm like, oh, it's how to have eternal life and have a relationship with God and all these things. And he's like, do you have a personal relationship with God? And I was like, yeah, and, and so on. And the conversation just went, right? And we're talking about sin and we're talking about Jesus. And I said, hey, I'm really enjoying this conversation. And I think you really think through things pretty hard. Um, can we get a cup of coffee? And can I get your number? I said, yeah, so we're connecting uh, more. We met up, uh, a couple, not this Saturday, but last Saturday ago, more conversations like that. And really, he, um, just praise God, because oftentimes I don't know what to say in those conversations, so I just try to listen. <laughs> you know, and maybe ask a question, and he was just doing a lot of processing, and, and I think Holy Spirit at work, and I just kind of was there, you know, <laughs> and um, I'm rambling a bit, but uh, I wanted to meet up with him again Saturday, but he said he couldn't, and on our walk back from that conversation, he said, oh, maybe I should read some of the Bible, because we're talking about this stuff, and uh, I don't know exactly how to talk about it well, because he doesn't have the knowledge there. And he's like, maybe I could read through something. What should I read? I said, John. He says, everyone says John. What else? I said, well, try to read through Romans a bit. And he texted me the other day. He said, I read the entirety of Romans. I was like, awesome. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Um, so just cool opportunities like that on campus. That is really awesome, Chandler. That's convicting for us when we're walking by somebody and we feel that prompting of the Holy Spirit to have that conversation. I'll think of you, Chandler, and your <laughs> boldness. <laughs> uh, 
Um, that's really great. I'm thankful for those opportunities you guys have. So what are some things that we can be praying for you guys about? How can we be encouraging you as you do this important work? Yeah, well, yeah, we're so encouraged by all of you guys and have felt so supported and loved as we went through ministry partner development and just are, yeah, privileged to be a part of this church. Um, yeah, one way that you can pray for us is in a few weeks, the semester's going to end and on campus and we're going to be going on a summer mission. We'll be staffing the Yellowstone Summer Mission, which is where we met and went when we were baby Christians, so we're excited. It's like full circle going back there. Um, yeah, we'd love prayer just that we'd be able to, um, yeah, lead those students well. And um, also we're looking for a few more student women to come with us. And so um, you could pray that a few more might join us. Um, yeah, and a prayer request would be prayers for strength to stand firm in the faith and just have a yeah, be firm and, and, and trust God and just keep trusting God. Having that strength to do that is just so key, I think, especially in this season when there's so many things going on and ways we can drift. And yeah, just need strength, a lot of strength. Um, is there something else I want to say? Um, well, yeah, if you guys want to hear more specific updates and prayer requests, we send out a monthly newsletter, and we'd love to send it to you if you don't already get that. So you could come talk to us, and we'd be happy to add you to that too. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys once again for sharing. Um, I will say a quick prayer for you guys.